Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here in Broward County. Thank you all so much for joining me today here on our podcast. For my frequent flyers, those who are always loyal and following us, you recognize I always try to bring in really cool guests. Sometimes it's employees from inside the agency, whether it be fire rescue, department of detention, you name it, we got it here at BSO, but we also include community activists, our partners, people who are doing positive things inside of Broward County. We are a big monster county, almost 2 million people here, 1,300 plus miles. But today, I decided to stay home. I said, let's bring in one of our special guests, one of our district chiefs, who is now leading up the charge in Deerfield, special for a couple of reasons. Of course, it's Women's History Month, so we're going to be celebrating our women here in the agency and across the community, but she's also a trailblazer. Today, we have Samantha Whitehorn, who is the first black female to lead up as a district chief in Deerfield. So, Samantha, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So one of the things that's exciting about giving an opportunity to come in talking is giving you a chance to share your story. You know, oftentimes, I can tell you from my perspective, my experience, you know, being the first of your kind, people always want to, hey, how did that happen? What's the backstory? So before we dive into all the fabulous stuff that you've accomplished, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to just kind of tell your own story. And I'm breaking kind of the, the, the script here. I normally give you, oh, she's got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. We'll get into all that. But I think the story is more important than all the accomplishments. So how'd you get here? Okay, so I migrated from the Caribbean with my family. And having after arriving, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was in a relationship. The gentleman at the time was a firefighter for the city of Miami. And when he explained what it is that he did, I it intrigued me so I asked him hey how do you think do you think I could do that and he said to me no I said well why not he said well because you're a female and you're black no one's gonna hire you wow so that motivated me to become a firefighter hey dude if you're listening you were wrong uh she not only got in she's at the top of the food chain now so that was a driver yes that was one of those moments of I'm gonna get this done yes and since that time, you end up navigating, finding your way to now our, one of our district chiefs, just recently promoted, which was an outstanding selection uh, on our side from administration to get that done. But folks, you know, Samantha, if you hear like this accent and you're wondering, oh, where is that coming from? I got to give a little bit of background. Uh, she and her family is uh, Jamaican, yes, uh, Caribbean descent, coming over from Jamaica, arrived here back in about 1993, if I got this right. Um, from that time, from arriving here and getting involved, she really became engaged. You heard kind of the story that lit the fire, but she started her paramedic career going back to 1998. 98, yes. 98 is correct. Navigated in the, uh, throughout the early 2000s, becoming the first of many likes, right? This isn't the first time you became a trailblazer. Tell us about that. What was the first barrier that you breached coming into your career? So the first barrier that I breached was there's stereotypes that goes along with how you look. So I had to prove and show that I'm not, not everyone, you can't just blanket and say, oh, because he or she looks like that or comes from mm -hmm. that, that's the outcome that you're going to get from them. So that was one of the biggest challenges. I had to prove my worth in myself to be accepted in this profession, which is male dominant and not many black, let alone female. And you started in Deerfield. 
I started, yes, I was hired. I was the first black female to be hired. That's what I was referencing back. I remember hearing that. Yes. So you were the first black female brought on in 2000. Yes. And tell us about what was the next navigation from there, because you continue to move through the ranks. Right. So that was 2000. And in 2016, I was promoted to lieutenant. And I've been a lieutenant since this from 2006, 2006 until I was promoted recently to the district chief. But prior to that, a year ago, I accepted the challenge from Chief Holness to be the executive officer in the district, which is kind of like a mentorship to see if I fit the position, if the position, if the position fits me, and here I am today. Yeah, you've done well for us. It's a delight to have you part of the admin side of the world now. Uh, now, another thing that's interesting about your background is that you haven't been one that's just stayed exclusively within fire rescue. You also have kind of a part-time gig, right? <laughs> yes, I do. I am, <laughs> I'm also a nurse practitioner. Um, where that came about is in 2008, I had an auto accident where I broke my femur, among other bones, but significantly, more significant, the femur. And I wasn't sure if I'd be able to go back to duty physically. So I had to have a backup plan, and that's when I became a nurse. And after that, I wanted to further that, and I went from an associate's degree to a master's prepared, which is a family nurse practitioner. And so you've been a nurse practitioner also for ten, at least 10 years? No, a nurse practitioner since 2017, but a registered nurse since 2010. Okay, gotcha. Which is a prereq to be a, a nurse practitioner. And is all your family here now in Florida or in the States? No, majority are still in Jamaica. I have some in the UK and uh, my mother, grandmother and uncle and a couple other distance families can't say exactly who they are because we're not really that close, but a few of them are still here. But specifically, here's my mom and my grandma and my uncle that I'm very close with. And you know what? We, we covered your academics and stuff that you've been able to accomplish in your professional career and things of that nature. And we, we know you're the chief now. We're going to talk about the uh, functions of responsibility you'll have. But before we, we even tackle that, what's that experience like coming into the United States from another country? Um, you know, myself, I'm born in, in the United States. Um, I don't know what that's like to leave another country. country. Right? I left Philadelphia. You can call that a third world country. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I arrived here not knowing about all the, maybe the cultural things. So what was that experience like? It was definitely a culture shock for me. But um, when we first came here, I was so excited based upon the perception that I formed from watching telly American programs, the Watching the telly? The television. The American. For those who are not familiar, <laughs> that is short for television, UK. Um. So <laughs> I conceptualized that everything would be easier, better, and attainable, but I quickly realized that that was just like a grandiosity that only the latter of the three mm-hmm. is really possible, but that is through work and dedication. With so many young folks probably listening in and even, you know, adults who maybe aspire to become firefighters at this point and get involved, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's kind of that notion about, okay, in your case, there's a double minority aspect, right? You're a woman, then you're also a black woman. What did you see in terms of any complications or things that you had to, to really battle through, one, as a woman, mm-hmm. 
uh, whether it be physical, emotional, and then the other side being a black woman um, trying to penetrate into this profession and then get where you are. Okay, so the physical side being a female going to the fire academy, firstly, I had no idea what it entailed, the physical, mental Mm -hmm. part of it. So the differences between a male and a female, naturally a male, is physically stronger. It's just natural that way. So that was one thing I had to overcome. And in being a uh, black female, it unfortunately there were stereotypes that they people perceived you to do and to be one thing. Mm-hmm. But I took that opportunity to show them a different side that not everyone is the same and give me sure. an opportunity. I too belong here and I too deserve to be here because I put forth the effort and work required to achieve it. Just like it's the same requirement for everyone, no matter what gender, no matter what ethnicity or mm-hmm. race, it's the same requirements to be a paramedic firefighter in the state of Florida, which is what I wanted. Yeah, I think it's probably summarized up where you just nailed both of the questions I had, whether it female or minorities it's the same type it's of it's the same qualifications, uh, qualifications unfortunately and penetration that you have to make yes and in 2006 it looked like it was your first time getting promoted to where you're not in a supervisory role tell us about that that experience when you were a lieutenant how many people were you responsible for uh immediately two because on the rescue apparatus it's three it's the lieutenant with the two paramedics so that was my comfort zone right there me mm-hmm. and my two firefighters and what did you? What was that like having to take? Well, first responsibility I, not only for people that you're trying to save and rescue, but your staff, your well, my staff. So I had to be accountable, firstly, to myself to know that is this really what you want to do? Because taking on that role, it's I have to. It's not just about Samantha. I have to be able to encourage and mold, and for them to one day become lieutenants, so they can carry on, and also. One of my things that I like, I always said to myself, the way we all showed up to work that morning is the way I want us to leave to go home that next That's day. Right. And decisions that I make can affect that negative or positively. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Look, I, I think supervisory um, skills and all that applies equally across the board, whether you're in fire rescue, first responder, anything where people lives are in your literally in your hands, hands you know yes. decisions that you make right. could impact your staff can impact the whole call for service so i mean i know what that challenge has been like and then you know something you and i share uh share together and I, we haven't had this conversation um you're an educator you, you teach yes i've uh, been teaching at broward college for some time yes i taught at broward college i cannot say the exact years but i know it's over the greater than 10 years yeah i'm in that yes. room too Okay. Started out just passionate, loved teaching students, loved yes. being an instructor, found myself at a few universities here and there. And then, I mean, heck, I think I'm probably in my 15th year now okay. uh, where I've been involved in teaching. Uh, what's, the, what's the greatest thing you get out of that, being able to teach? Um, for me, it's uh, that opportunity allows me to influence the young minds of the future. And not only that, it helps me to own my skills as a paramedic and also strengthen my confidence as a lieutenant. Well, you know, that's something. I I talk about that all the time. Like, one of the things that helps me teaching Mm -hmm. is that it sharpens, uh, you know, my own skill sets, my Mm -hmm. intellect, Mm -hmm. keeps me, you know, up to speed on whether it be policies, 
uh, yeah. constitutional law because that's a big component of what we do in law enforcement. Uh, criminal law, I'm constantly teaching it, so mm. it's hard for me to forget it. Get it, it yes. Uh, which, again, it's one of the things where I think I get more out of teaching than my students do. <laughs> and they better not be listening and, and talking <laughs> about that. Uh, now, a big thing took place um, in 2011, I believe, yes. when Deerfield Beach became part of the uh, Green Mean Machine, part yeah. of BSO. Yes. And that transitional period, what was that like when uh, BSO pretty so much absorbed Deerfield? At first, uh, my, I could only speak from my experience, is that it was difficult uh, learning the new SOPs, dispatch operations, channels in different districts, and so much more. But... Because I was accustomed to Deerfield, which is very small mm -hmm. compared to the countywide. But I think now looking back at it, it was one of the best decisions that, thank God, our leadership made for us, not just for me, but for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a change that I made an adjustment and one that I welcome. And I would imagine... Going into a larger organization, mm -hmm. uh, expanding like Deerfield did into BSO, more opportunities was afforded to you. Oh, I, training, yes. things like that. Can you talk a little bit about you know some of the things, the opportunities you had being at BSO, BSO versus Deerfield being independent? Of course, yeah. they uh, having the air rescue, the TRT teams, the mm -hmm. hazmat team, uh, being a field training officer. And so much more. It, it's like sky's the limit with BSO, to be honest, and. I appreciate my foundation of Deerfield Beach, but it didn't and could not afford the opportunities that we have now had we not merged with BSO. Yeah, and I had that same discovery too. You know, coming, I started my career in Coral Springs before becoming a sheriff here. Uh, and as detail oriented we were at that organization and what we were responsible for, going from a city that was 24.5 square miles, about 135,000 people and 210 officers to Broward Sheriff's <laughs> Office. It was like, wow, uh, oh, yes. um, this is a monster. And it was also one of those things where I said, well, you know, I, did, I wish I would have started here, but at least I get to finish here. That's so it, it's yes. just been a phenomenal time um, serving as a, as a Broward Sheriff here. Now we're in this next evolution in your career, right? The ink is dry. You've been promoted. <laughs> the personnel form has been uh, filed. It's official. Tell us a little bit about what you will be doing over at Deerfield, a little bit about your com uh, command structure, how many people you'll be responsible for, and then what, what do you hope to accomplish? Okay, so being the district chief, uh, some of my roles and responsibilities, building relations with the uh, city electives, the city manager, managing the budget, and just... Um, making sure that the, our policies and procedures are followed each and every day and that we provide the ultimate patient care that we can do, the best patient care that each and every one of us, each and every one of the crews that go out uh, perform the best of their abilities. And also, uh, it's about a person, a person of about 147, six stations. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. No, there's more. So there's about 147 <laughs> Uh, members that you have in the last question or component of the question I had was what's going to be your primary focus you're now in a leadership role you understand what the organizational uh, objective goals and missions are mm -hmm. but what do you want to accomplish what, what's your legacy I would like to motivate anyone who doubts themselves for any reason that they too can be successful in pursuing their dreams 
I want to display unwavering motivation and to leave a legacy that will last forever. Well, look, I guess I'm going to wrap it up with that. That's a heck of a close. Uh, but before I do close, I, w- I want to say something to you just uh, direct. You know, people have asked me numerous times um, since I've been in this office now for the last three years. It's always come up as to, well, what's it like being part of history? What's it like making history? And I'm going to share this with you, and I hope you carry this with you. Um, I'm pretty certain you never set out to make history. Is that right? That is correct. Good, because I don't think anyone who finds themselves in roles like myself or in your role sets out to make history. You set out to do your best. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing your best, then you'll have a chance to make a difference. So thank you. Make a difference, ma'am. I, I 100 10 plus percent support you and look forward to seeing the other things you get done in this uh, organization and in your role as district chief. For those of you who are joining us late, uh, my special guest today is BSO's own from Fire Rescue, District Chief Samantha Whitehorn, recently uh, promoted, or what's the word that they use? Newly pressed, um, (laughs) out in the field, but a veteran. What a delight to have her, had run the gauntlet in her career, starting going back to 1993, um, advancing herself, getting a master's degree, becoming a nurse practitioner, an adjunct professor working at colleges for over a decade, field training officer, and then now um, just absolutely excited to see what she gets done as a district chief. So again, Sam, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. And then for all of you, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember to follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and try to love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself. Take care.